When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and this week I am joined by not one, but two hosts of two fabulous podcasts. One of them, well, I'll ask when I get to Michelle, might be more than one podcast that they're hosting. So I'll ask when I get to you, but... I am joined by Carla from Bedwetter Behead Pod and also my unofficial co-host since December. And Ishel from Liberty Diner Dish and maybe some others, some other podcasts. She's kind of giving me an assured nod there. But I'm very happy to have both of them on this week. On Friday, we are going to be continuing our celebration of Black History Month with a look at Queen Latifah, so I'm very excited for that conversation. But before we get to that, first things first, Carla, what is one thing in fandom or pop culture that you're into right now? I am currently very into the book Mobituaries by Mo Rocca. I love Mo Rocca. I have loved Mo Rocca since I first lay eyes on him when he was on The Daily Show a bazillion years ago. and. You know, from there to that NPR Saturday morning show. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Yeah, (laughs) that's not me asking you not to tell me. That's the name of the show. So he's like a journalistic, nerdy, nerdy dude. And I love him. So this Mobituaries, which he also sometimes does on CBS. And now he has a podcast called Mobituaries. It's the book is dedicated to interesting stories about people who fascinate him or to sometimes sometimes like things or concepts that are no longer around that fascinate him. And the overview for the book, as it says it on the website, mobituaries.com, from beloved CBS Sunday morning correspondent and humorous Mo Rocca, an entertaining and rigorously, rigorously researched book that celebrates the dead people who have long fascinated him. Yes, I, I this is my second language. Let's not forget that. <laughs> But what I like so much about this is that, you know, he'll do his mobituaries where he, where he goes into depth on a dead person who was kind of unsung in, in their actual obituary or who has kind of, you know, been forgotten as, you know, time has gone by. For example, he talks, he has one, one chapter about Thomas Paine and, you know, like 
who is this guy? Well, he's a lesser known founding father and he has like a fascinating history that nobody really knows about because he fell out of favor in the towards the end of his life. And, you know, now everybody's like, who cares about that guy? Well, you should listen to what his life is about because he's actually fascinating and he was quite progressive, particularly for his time. He, he was very salty at, at other founding fathers because he's like, Oh, so you're all about, about freedom. Well, how about freedom for, for the enslaved black people? And, and, you know, like at that time I was like, Thomas, we don't talk about that. So I, I just, I loved listening to this kind of stuff, but he also talks about, you know, like the death of the station wagon and how the station wagon was like this huge staple of family transportation for so long. And then it died just kind of like, it, it, it just kind of like crawled to the finish line of, of car history. It's, so interesting and it's so funny because again he's a humorist so he infuses these stories with a lot of of humor but there's also like so much it's really well researched like they said but it's also i think that it has a lot of heart behind it because he will talk about people and really make them come to life which is funny because it's in the in the obituary book but i i think that anybody whether you're particularly nerdy or not there will be something in there for you i i think that it, it's definitely worth exploring. And again, I this is my audiobook plug for this week. Go listen to audiobooks wherever you can get them, especially if you can get them through the Libby app, which works through your library card. Get a library card. Enjoy mobituaries and thousands of other audiobooks available on your phone for free. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I should be adding up, how, adding up, but, you know, counting how many audiobooks <laughs> you've recommended since December. But no, it's, it's, it's awesome. And like I said, someday I will do the audiobook thing. But yes, you know, I just want to say something funny. When you first were, when you first mentioned Mo Rocca and you were talking about the book, for some reason, there was something in the way you said that, that I pictured like you on a beach and seeing Mo Rocca for the first time <laughs> and running to him. I do I do not <laughs> I do not know where that image came from, but it just popped in my head of just you running. You know, I love I love that mental image. Mo, if you're out there listening to us, as I'm sure you you do as a not guilty pleasure because we're just delightful and amazing all the time. If you're sitting there listening to me saying this, I will not scarily run up to you in the middle of a beach, I might politely wave to you and you may or may not see me wave, but just know that you have been waved at. <laughs> Feel it in your heart. Feel it in your heart, Mo. I do not have it in me to, to go after celebrities and be like, Oh my God. Hi, I'm your biggest fan. No, I, I could never do that. It was just something that popped in my head. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to make like some kind of video edit of that. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Or just even you just sitting there and then like a, a bubble, a thought, a dream bubble <laughs> of you on this dream. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so before it just turns into the Mo Rocca show. <laughs> so, Ishel, for Liberty Diner Dish, you have not been on in forever. So I'm very happy to have you back. And I want to know then. Are you into a book then? Because you usually are the book person, but I know the past couple of times that you've been on, you kind of surprised me. So 
You know, I always have a book recommendation that I can give, but I was actually going to do a show this time. I was surprised that Carla did a book. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, well, I guess it's less of a book and more of like a history lesson. So I'm a big history buff. I really love history, but sometimes I forget that about myself. And so I like when something stokes that curiosity in me or reminds me of that. So I have been watching The Great on Hulu. With Elle Fanning. I didn't know that was Elle Fanning until today. But anyway, (laughs) I have been watching that, which is allegedly about Catherine the Great. They take a lot of liberties. (laughs) It's very historically inaccurate. But it's also very clever how they pull in some of the legends around her and some of the myths and things like that. So that is what I've been watching. And I don't know, it's pretty, I'm pretty intrigued by it. I like the cast. There's some creepy people in it. And it's not necessarily invested, but I just find myself like letting it play. And so I'll watch like two, two episodes, maybe three while I'm working. That's what I'm into right now. I just looked at the, at the image for it. And first of all, yeah, I, I did not realize that that was Elle Fanning. Oh. It, it looks like a cross between a young Nicole Kidman and a young, oh God, what's her name? Kristen, Kristen Dunst. Mm, yeah, I see it. I see it. And also, Nicholas Holt is in it. And I'm like, what? Yeah. No, I actually knew this. And I don't know how I forgot. But yeah, I actually knew that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, see, I have a friend who she has a little little arm baby. And she's nursing. And she was like, I watch a lot of TV when I'm nursing. And so she sends me her like, (laughs) we call it like, she. I think she called like the breast milk something. (laughs) 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 It's something wild and ridiculous. But and so this was one of the things on the list. And so I started I'd randomly started with this one. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I think I think Elle Fanning was actually nominated for a Golden Globe recently for that role. Oh, really? I'm remembering correctly. I think I could be wrong about that, but might have been some other award. But I thought she was nominated recently. But and I love Nicholas Holt. Uh, I just I think. I mean, I don't know. I th- I mean, I know he's steadily been working since he was a child. So I know it's not like, you know, poor guy doesn't have any work. But I just think he deserves more respect for how great of an actor he is. I think he's such he's such an amazing actor. Yeah, and he's, he's really good in this one. I think you'll like him in this one. Yeah, I'll add it to my 20,000 mile list. <laughs> That's true. I know. Same. Oh, and speaking of podcasts, if any of our listeners hear me saying that I've been watching The Great, they're going to be like, what about this long list of 100 shows that we've sent you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, none of you are currently one of my besties breastfeeding, so. For real. Like are you going to you breastfeeding? <laughs> if so, I'll move you to the top of the list. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am trying, I'm going to try and watch at least every movie nominated for Best Picture, and then I'm hoping to get some other ones in there. And this past Sunday, I spent basically the whole day because I had to pause it a couple of times, and it's a three and a half hour long movie. I watched uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. And I totally, I want to first upfront say, I understand some of the critique of the movie and how a lot of people do not appreciate that it is told, and I totally get this told a lot from Leonardo DiCaprio's character's point of view. But what I appreciated about this movie, and I actually really, really liked that. I thought this movie was fantastic. And what I appreciated about this movie is there is not a single white character in this movie, even ones that are not 
quite as bad as the others, but there's not a single white person in this movie that's like a white savior at all. And Leonardo DiCaprio's character is awful, horrible, just absolutely despicable. And you know this from the beginning. So there's never a point I was worried in the trailers that they were going to make him out to be someone who's like falls in love with this woman, Molly, and then is like, okay, I'm changing my ways and I'm going to actually help her. And Leonardo DiCaprio's character is participating along with Robert De Niro's character, who is just, oh, awful, horrible human. These are real people. This was real stuff that, a real incident that happened. And they are helping to basically kill off all of the Native Americans so that they can basically have control of oil and the land. And Robert De Niro also buys insurance policies on some of some people and then ha- is like the name named on there and then ends up killing them and then gets their insurance and stages them a lot like trigger warning suicides. So trigger warning for, you know, just genocide and a lot of death. It's not too graphic, but there's a lot of murder. And it just kind of t- touched the surface, brushed the surface of how many people really were murdered. But I did really just really appreciate that, that there was never a moment in time where it was like you felt any kind of sympathy for any of the white characters. You never once thought of this as a love story. And I could see how in another filmmaker's hands, and if Martin Scorsese also hadn't been told, like, you really need to tell it from a different point of view, because originally it was going to be told from the FBI's point of view, because the FBI does go in and starts investigating all these deaths. But I could see if it had done, been done from that, that they might have made Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Ernest, a more sympathetic person. And he's not at all. And his uncle is Robert Jr.'s character, William Hale. But the big standout here, and she deserves every single award, is Lily Gladstone, who plays Molly. And she's really the heart of the whole movie and the whole film. And she's just fantastic. And I'm really happy that she got nominated and I'm celebrating that nomination. And she is, of course, the first uh, Native American Best Actress to be nominated or Native American Actress to be nominated for Best Actress at the at the Academy Awards. So congratulations to her. But but it is a long movie. Yes, it is three and a half hours long. It doesn't feel that way, though. Honestly, I was so into this movie that... Listen, I am feels three and a half hour long movie years old. I will feel it in my bladder <laughs> and in my coccyx. Well, I mean, I paused it quite a few times and got up and like, went to the bathroom and got up and got food. I mean, I paused it a lot, but I was still really into it. I wouldn't... It would have been hard to sit in a movie theater... Although it probably would have been amazing to see on screen because the cinematography is incredible. So it would have been amazing to see it on screen, but I still, but it still was like, (laughs) I was still okay with the runtime. But, but again, that's because I'm watching it from home. And so you can pause it and, you know, it's on Apple TV, by the way, if anyone's wondering where you can watch it. So, so next I have to, when it comes out, I'm so dreading it. The next long one will be Oppenheimer. You know, that one's like three and a half hours long, too, or something like that. No. Not <laughs> to, to quote Dana Carvey as George Bush, not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. I used to go to this thing at AMC Theaters, used to do this thing every year, and I don't know if they still do it, 
called the Best Picture Showcase. And it was so much fun. You would go over two weekends and they would play every movie nominated for Best Picture. And so you'd go and you'd watch them. You'd take breaks in between. They do trivia and all this kind of stuff. So you'd be there from like, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning to like 10 o'clock at night. And you do it two weekends in a row. They also did one. I didn't do this one where you'd be there. Like basically you'd marathon all of the movies. So you'd start really early and then you'd go through the night and through the morning <laughs> and be there watching. And so people would bring like blankets and pillows and, you know, it's just, it was so much fun. But I thought of that when I was watching Killers of the Flower Moon and then also knowing that Oppenheimer is also just as long. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, I can't imagine going to one of those. They'd have to do those on separate days because <laughs> back to back. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Are you yeah. kidding me? No. Like, you have to be especially like young and limber to be able to do that. And no. Those are not exactly movies that are geared towards that particular demographic, towards the young and limber demographic. The young and limber demographic. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't say even what Killers of the Flower Moon was about. I am so sorry. That is really horrible. But basically it's about, and this was real, but when oil is discovered in 1920s Oklahoma under the Osage Nation land, the Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery. There's more to it, but it is basically, you know, the Osage people were like really got really rich, like had a lot of money, but a lot of the Osage people actually weren't even allowed to get access to their funds. Like some of them, they had like a guardian that they would have to get permission from to get their money. And the guardian was always a white person. But it's one of those where here all the Osage people are having this wealth and this success. And then white people don't want to see that. And so they're taking that away from them. And it's just, it's, it's horrendous what happened because this is a true story that nobody really knows about or talks about. I mean, people know about it, but people don't educate people about it. Like this isn't taught in schools or any that I am aware of. Maybe it is now, but I know I wasn't taught it in school. No idea about it. No. Yeah. So it is horrendous. But once again, uh, Lily Gladstone was amazing. And I thought the other performances were great, too, but she was just absolutely fantastic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Okay, well, let's move on to one thing in pop culture or fandom that you're excited, upset, et cetera, or makes you want to sit there and watch a four and a half hour movie, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I'm sitting here like I could never, ever watch a three and a half hour movie. Now, if you have me watch a show for five or six episodes, that I could handle. For some reason, that seems so much more manageable than a movie. That's that's what Martin Scorsese recently said when people were criticizing the length of his film. Is he's like, <laughs> well, people sit there and they like binge all these movies, these shows. I mean, sorry. yeah, but it's different because I'm in my pajamas. Okay, I'm in the comfort of my home in my pajamas. 
wearing maybe a bra if I want to, maybe if I maybe not if I don't, eating whatever <laughs> I want without regard for crunchy noises. But you know, whatever. Anyway, Martin Scor- Scorsese, if that's even your real name. <laughs> what I'm very into this week is the the fact that Catherine O'Hara is in talks to be to be cast in the second season of The Last of Us. And I could not be more excited. I love her so much. I've loved her since, like, the first time that I remember seeing her was in, in Home Alone, like so many people have. And just anytime that she shows up in something, it makes me so happy. And of course, my immediate thought was not, oh, the great Catherine O'Hara of so many amazing, wonderful TV shows and films is on the show. My, my thought was, oh, Moira Rose. On The Last of Us, like, can you imagine just the the thought? Like, what are these things? Mushroom people? David, that's disgusting. Can I make it into a soup? I just, that that would, like, make me super happy. It's not going to happen, but I can imagine it in my head. And it makes me just, just, yeah, glow a little bit. And on top of the fact that Catherine O'Hara might be in the show next year or next season, Caitlin Dever is already supposed to be on it next season. Young Mazzino, who, if you didn't watch Beef or if you did watch Beef, he, he played the, the really hot brother of the, the main guy. So that's, that's worth celebrating, I think. But you, you, you know how much I love Caitlin Dever and her, her acting. So it's like so many bonus reasons to watch The Last of Us season two. That was on my long list of stuff I was going to talk about because I saw that today and I was very excited about it too. So yeah, I was, I was, yeah, that's very exciting news. And I had the same thought. I was just, even though I've seen her in hundreds of things, that was exactly my same thought too, was (laughs) having Moira Rose in The Last of Us and the baby. Baby, like, I don't know when she would ever have to say that, but can you imagine it's like a baby mushroom person? <laughs> now that was my <laughs> oh, I can't run in these shoes, you know that. And leaving her wigs fabulously behind as she runs from them. I just we can dream, yeah. <laughs> so, Ishelle. What's making you want to sit there and watch a four and a half hour movie? Or what's making you want to just throw that movie screen in the trash? Yeah, nothing's making me want to sit for four hours, but it is true. I will watch four hours of a TV show. But I guess it's because there's a start, <laughs> middle, and end, and then a new start, middle, and end, then a new start, you know? It's not the same one going for four hours straight. That's true. Take that, Martin. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, So I didn't talk about a book before because I'm going to talk about books now. So yeah, you know, I was going to get the book in somewhere. So I am a very big reader in here lately. I've been pretty deep into romance books with queer relationship dynamics, characters and experiences. That's been like my big thing with reading right now. Most of my TBR is that. So books have consumed my life for about like two or three years now. And last year, I attended my first book convention, and it was an event. Like, this is big business, big deal for these people who go to these things. 
And I have a book business and my company promotes diverse and queer representation in in romance. Like those are the books that we highlight and that we feature. So at this event, when people would talk to me, you're making a lot of small talk and my my tag and my bracelet and all that stuff was different than the normal attendees. And so they would ask me like what that was about. And I was like, oh, well, my company is a sponsor for the event. And so these are just the sponsor tags or whatever. And then they'd ask about my company and I'd tell them we promote diverse and queer representation in romance. And the response was always like, oh, bless your heart in this like weird condescending way. And then like the conversation would kind of end there. It was very interesting. And so I left there and I was like, you know what? If I am not welcome at this table, then I will make my own table. So Queers and Quills is a book convention coming in May of 2025. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to celebrate diverse and queer representation in romance. And so that's from YA to new adult to adult. We're doing like fantasy, mystery, horror, like all of that stuff. And so right now we're getting, we're inviting all of our authors, getting our roster together so we can start announcing who we will have signing at the event. And then we'll have tickets go on sale and all this stuff. And so that is what I'm very excited about. That's kind of fandom related because people are fans of books. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome because I know you, you shared that with me earlier today. So th- I think that's that's so, so cool. So you'll definitely have to keep us up to date on where people can go and any links and anything like that. Yeah. So because I know I'll, I'm sure a lot of our listeners would be very interested. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll get I'll do that. Awesome. That's so awesome. Congratulations, Ishelle. That's pretty. That's really, really awesome. So, yeah, yeah. I had a long list of things I was going to talk about because I couldn't decide. So I was, I've been trying to decide all day which one I was going to bring up. And the only one that was on the happy list is I'm going to, of course, second the Catherine O'Hara thing again. So I think I'll go with, I'll go with this one. So Hulu. I don't know if everybody has heard, but Hulu is following in Netflix's footsteps and they are going to start putting the, they're going to start trying to stop people from password sharing. So they are doing the same thing where they're going to do households and starting in, it's, I believe in March for people that already have Hulu accounts. If you sign up for a new Hulu account, it's effective immediately. So they are trying to squash password sharing. Streamers have decided that they, in my opinion, that they are determined to become worse than cable or on the same level. It's horrendous. I don't know if you noticed with Amazon Prime this past week, I don't know if you saw the notice pop up, if you've watched anything on Amazon Prime recently, saying, hey, guess what? Now we have advertisements, but pay us just $2.99 more a month and we will get rid of those advertisements. So I think all these streaming services, they just want to just be as bad as cable. And what's so weird about Hulu to me is I remember when Hulu first started, Hulu was like the one that a lot of people, if they didn't have anything else, they had Hulu because Hulu was thought of as the cheaper one. Hulu was thought of as the one that was more accessible. I remember they had like a free version when they first started. And so they were thought of as like the better streaming service and the not so greedy streaming service. Well, that has already changed. And what's so, so flippin' annoying about this is Hulu just raised their prices again. 
And so it's like, we're going to raise our prices again, but then we're going to stop this because we feel like we're losing money. And then as other people pointed out, didn't they learn anything from all the backlash that Netflix got over this decision? And even though I guess Netflix did see an uptick in their subscribers after that happened, I still know there are people that left Netflix because of that reason. So it's just like, it's just going to circle back around to cable again. We're just going to all go back to there. And I guess I was reading somewhere, I don't, I was reading some comment about this and I should have written down who, who did it, but someone was saying something about how they knew people that worked in cable or something like that. And they had been saying right when streaming started, they said, we're just going to watch this and it's going to all circle back around and everybody's going to come back to us because this is just going to, it's not going to be great anymore. They're all going to just kind of fall prey to the money and to trying to get more money into capitalism. So, so screw you, Hulu. I know I'm going to keep it because I kind of have to, but it just pisses me off. Yeah. So it just ticks me off because why, what does it matter? I, you, I'm the one paying for it. I can decide who gets to use it. I'm paying you a lot of money every month. I, that should mean I get to decide who's going to use that service. I, it's just, uh, so I'm just absolutely pissed about that. So I'm sure it's going to start happening with Prime next and all of them are going to fall in line. I was hoping Netflix would be the only one. All the others would be like, we're not going to do that. Don't worry. But no. That really sucks. And you know what? Like, I know that in my household, all that's going to happen is we're going to do streaming skipping. So we're going to like yeah. use one service for a period of time, switch to the, to the other one, because there's no way in hell that we're paying for, you know, multiple streaming services that we can't share within our family. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that's the other thing is you should at least be able to share with your family. Or, you know, I mean, I think I could, I guess I could kind of see, because they do limit the number of screens you can watch stuff at, at the same time. All of the streamers do that. But I could sort of see if they were to say like, okay, if you're paying, we limit it to, you can share this with up to five people or something like that. I can see limiting it and they can be anywhere, but to outright say they have to all be living under the same roof is just criminal frankly in my opinion i think that's that's just so disgusting it's so gross i mean when you go when you have people come over but it's in the same household so i can't use that argument i was going to say when you have people come over and you let them log into your wi-fi but that's the same thing because you're, <laughs> you're under the roof so i guess that's not a good argument there but still it's just like seriously hulu <sighs> so yeah there we go Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Well, let's move on to something fun. I just, if you've noticed for our main topics, I just have been coming up with fun, light things. I think it's just where I'm at right now. I just like to want to end with something lighter. So there was a recent TikTok by Squid Westra, which if you're on TikTok, I'm sure you've seen a bazillion stitches of this. 
And they asked what your unconventional celebrity crush was. And they were like, I better not hear anybody talk about Margot Robbie or Ryan Reynolds or, you know, people that really are not quote unquote unconventional crushes. So, and then there was arguments when people would say certain people and be like, that's not an unconventional one. So I know people's criteria for that may be different, but I always think of it as someone that's not necessarily as far as like the way they're presented or the way the media talks about them or the way society sometimes can present it is somebody who's not considered like the typical movie star kind of looks. So Carla, who is your unconventional celebrity crush? Ah, yes, my time to shine. Because if you have listened to me on this podcast or on my podcast, I frequently talk about guys that I'm like, oh, isn't this person so dreamy? And people are like, no, no, not dreamy at all. What are you talking about? So I do know a little bit something about this topic. And I don't know what to tell you. Like, like John Oliver does it for me. Like, that's just one of the many, you know, Chris Kattan, super cute. Love him. I think he's a very, very good looking man. Like I had like the biggest crush on Curtis Armstrong for the longest time, you know, like what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg. I was like, oh, people are like, oh man, Damon. I'm like, mm. but have you seen Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> okay. Like you cannot tell me that those are not attractive people. Like I, I just, I don't understand people's, people's taste sometimes. Rami Malik, super handsome. Don't give me that look. He just is. I, I was scrolling, scrolling through this list and like, this can't be right because they put Oscar, I, Oscar Isaac and he is like internationally renowned handsome man. So somebody is very wrong. Somebody is just, I don't know what's wrong with people, but like th that's just a sampling of my many, many people that I'm like, Ooh, who is that? And they're like, Oh, why? Why? Why would you even? Because he's handsome. But whatever. Killian Murphy, for the longest time, people were like, oh, mm, like he has very nice eyes. Yes. And the rest of him is nice, too. What is wrong with you? He is fucking gorgeous. He is. <laughs> I agree. I agree. He's gorgeous. I think it does. It depends on the angle. Sometimes you can get him from a weird angle. <laughs> I think he has no weird angles. I think he is handsome angles. Every angle. <laughs> Every angle, triangle, parallelogram, every geometric shape of him. I think maybe that's what the song The Shape of You is. Every geometrical shape of, of him is amazing. Tilda Swinton, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I'm befuddled by what people think is like, eh, that person is okay looking. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Not everybody can look like Margot Robbie in a bathing suit or like Tom Cruise in the 90s in a breathing suit. I'm sorry, I just don't find him attractive at this point. <laughs> in the 90s in a bathing suit. I'm just I'm just trying to picture the Tom Cruise role in the, the 90s with that maybe in cocktail. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. I was just <laughs> stuck on the bathing suit part. I'm picturing him in Speedo and I just can't <laughs> what it is about Tom Cruise that makes me think yeah, I can't picture him in a Speedo. But but like, <laughs> apparently Helena Bonham Carter is a dicey choice for attractive people. I'm like, where? 
she's so beautiful like just like ridiculously beautiful okay that one like, no like somebody put Rooney Mara and I'm like no impossible I don't know what list you're looking at and let me just tell you Carla's just gonna list every single, list every single person that I find attractive on the planet but here's the thing too that a lot of the times conventionally or unconventionally attractive has a lot to do with weight and race because yeah. there and oh the fact that Peter Dinklage is not considered universally hot that is just because of his height that is strictly because of that because that man is hot that is a hot hot guy but yeah like oh no she's too dark skinned or oh no that person's too fat you know come the hell on you know, somebody puts on like a little bit of weight. Oh, she got, she got so fat and ugly. Like, okay, listen, you know, I cannot stand Jennifer Love Hewitt. You know that, but it's strictly because of her acting. She's, she's beautiful. She is beautiful. She is hot, terrible actor, but that's nothing to do with her attractiveness. No, a lot of people do that with Patricia Arquette. I think that that happened a lot with Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Because Patricia Arquette isn't, you know, like she's, she's gorgeous, but. Because she wasn't stick thin, people were like, wow. Yeah, like Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. You know, like, oh, she's older now and she's heavier. Oh, no. Suddenly this incredibly hot person is not hot. Like, mm, there's something wrong with your standards. Like, hot people are just hot people, except for Tom Cruise, who got unhot. But that's mostly because of his opinions on psychiatry and the whole (laughs) Scientology thing. But that's... That's why for me, like, it really lost a lot of points with his quackery. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it it is an interesting thing because it is like what you consider unconventional, somebody else. It's also very much eye of the beholder kind of thing. Yeah. Because what someone thinks of as someone is attracted to, someone else might not be attracted to and vice versa kind of thing. So it's, so it is very, very subjective. But yeah, it is true that a lot of, cause you saw a lot of John Goodman and yeah. a lot of John Goodman and a lot of Jack Black. Jack um, Black. How could I forget? I know. I was thought that would be the first one you would mention. I was like, yeah, like I, I can't believe I didn't mention it. Okay. The man can sing. He can act. He is hilarious and he is so good looking. I mean, have you ever watched the movie The Holiday? Can you can you watch The Holiday and tell me that he is not hotter than Jude Law? Because there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you if you think that. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I just thought it was funny because I'm like, that's the first one she's going to mention is Jack Black. It should have been, to be honest. But but what's so interesting is when you listen to people list who they're – who a lot of times you can see people do have a type that people are attracted to. And it it is because, you know, like – I think a lot of the people that you mentioned, Carla, like Jesse Eisenberg and John Oliver and a lot can be classified as, and this, I don't mean this as like at all, like an insert insult, but like a little bit geeky. And I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. And so I think people put them in that, that category, but yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Listen, if I'm going to have to put up with a man, he better be a smart one. (laughs) That's very true. I don't make the rules, except that I do. And my rules are right. (laughs) That's very true. Yes, yes. So it is, it is an interesting question. So, so you shall. Yeah. So 
I didn't have a long list <laughs> because it kind of took me a while to think of someone. I think because like what I consider to be normal or average is like such a broad range. So I was like, I don't know anybody that would qualify here. But I can tell you, it used to be Billy Bob Thornton. But that was like before I read like tabloids. (laughs) (laughs) But it was definitely Billy Bob Thornton for a long while. But today I decided to go with ER Fightmaster. It's a non-binary actor, producer, I think writer also. I think they're on, I don't watch Grey's Anatomy, but I think they're on Grey's Anatomy or were for a time. Uh, Carl, did did you look them up? Yes, I did. And they were also on Shrill. Sure, yeah, that's where I saw them first was on Me Shrill. Too. And I was like, oh, you're interesting. <laughs> so, I know. Yeah. I'm like, ooh. Thank yeah. Reminded me of them. <laughs> but yeah, that's who, I, that's who I'm going with. Awesome. Awesome. I, I What was that name again? Because I, I really don't, I haven't. ER Fightmaster. Yeah, ER Fightmaster. I've seen them on something. Oh, yeah. Well, I watched part of Shrill. What am I talking about? That's why. <laughs> where I saw them. Oh my gosh. I am so sorry. <laughs> I have no brain. Well, the one that, and I did a TikTok stitching this, and the one that instantly came to mind for this for me was Michael Shannon. And even in in Nine Perfect Strangers, Michael Shannon, any version of Michael Shannon. And I think a big reason I am attracted to Michael Shannon is I think Michael Shannon is one of the greatest actors to be alive today. So I think that makes him very attractive. I also just think he's so, he's just so, like his whole presence is unique and different and kind of odd. And he's kind of like, you might just have like a silly, goofy, fun-filled, almost like you were drunk, but you haven't drunk kind of night or you're gonna have this weird philosophical journey and you're gonna go like to another planet kind of conversation and that's the way he presents to me so it's just like i just i just really like him a lot i just just think he's so beautifully unique and odd as a person he just as an actor he's just so different to watch and that's why it was so interesting watching him in Nine Perfect Strangers because I was like, this is the most like grounded, dorkiest character he's ever played. Usually he's playing like this very out there, kind of weird kind of person. And this was a different role for him, but he's still, I just, I just think he's incredibly attractive and incredibly sexy. And, and he strikes me as he'd be another one that's, very, very, probably very, very smart. Like he might be a little bit intimidating (laughs) to talk to. (laughs) This is the impression I get when I watch him. So I don't know. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. So thank you, Carla and Ishelle for joining me today for this one, for this pop culture and fandom news episode. And I'm going to go ahead and go around and have everybody say where they can be found and where their podcast can be found. So Carla from Bedwetter Behead Pod, where they, can they find you? They can find my podcast, Bedwetter Behead, wherever you get this podcast. Or just, you know, look us up. You'll find us. You'll enjoy what you listen to because we are pretty rad. We're also old, which is why I said rad. You can find our social media presence on Twitter at Bedwet Behead Pod. 
on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. Can you believe bedwet or behead was taken? Like, who is out there doing bedding, wetting, and beheading without us? On TikTok, we are at bedwetbeheadpod. You can find me, my art, and my musings on TikTok or Instagram at carlatemis or my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S dot com. Awesome. And Ishelle, where can they find you and Liberty Diner Dish and any other podcast? You can find Liberty Diner Dish on Instagram at Liberty Diner Dish. You can get our podcast where you can find Bedwetter Behead or this podcast. And yes, so we have Liberty Diner Dish. That's with me and my co-host, Ken. We also have Pink Plate Special. That's with me and my co-host, Ken. And then Let's Talk About Rex is my book podcast that is coming, but it ain't up yet. (laughs) But I will, when it is up and I'm on an episode, I will tell you where to find that too. Awesome. That's the one I was wondering about. I was like, is that still a go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Aaron, and you, well, I don't know what probably would have been cut from the episode, but on one of our, our episodes last week, I left it in of Fergie barking. So if you want to see Fergie and actually see her antics, you can follow her on TikTok at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S C H R O E. D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. Yes, it's long, but it's worth it. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram and TikTok and threads at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to head on over to our website. It's a fandom thing pod.com. Click the contact us button there. That'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And while you're there, consider becoming a Patreon supporter today for as little as three bucks a month. You get ad-free episodes. You get bonus content. We'll be recording a My Best Friend's Wedding episode soon. On our next episode, Michelle and Carla will be back with me to talk about Queen Latifah. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.